0: Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 5. In this episode, we will be talking to Elena Osborne. I'm sure many of you know her from her amazing PCT short film titled It Is The People, but if you haven't checked it out, get on it. We were excited to go more in depth with her adventures on the PCT as well as her latest journey on the Te Aurora. In this episode, we talk about the differences between trail communities on the PCT and TA, how cringy it can be looking back on old trail footage, and how the world is much bigger than just the trail. We hope you enjoy our conversation with Elena. And we're back from our commercial break. It's a little cold out there today, so make sure to bundle up. <laughs> <laughs> Over to you, Steve.
1: Ha, thank you, Charlene. Today, um, am I in traffic? Yes. All right. Today, we are looking down at the I-95. As you can see, there is a tractor trailer that has flipped. And oh, no. Oh, no. This was a terrible... <laughs> worst intro yet. Literally our worst intro yet.
0: I liked your toilet paper as a microphone. Thank you.
1: Honestly... We're not paid well enough to have real props.
0: And this episode, sponsored by toilet paper.
1: Toilet paper, when nature calls.
0: Toilet paper. (sighs) (laughs) Alright, welcome back to Trail Talks, everybody. Season 2, episode 4. We are so excited for today's guest. Question before we get started. Would you rather have a million switchbacks going up the mountain Or would you just want to have a steep trail that goes straight up? Which one do you prefer? Steep trail. Yeah, Korea is all steep trails. I don't think they know what switchbacks are.
1: I just want to be able to run up it.
0: PCT (laughs) is going to be a lot of fun. (sighs) Okay. Okay, well, today's guest is Elena Osborne. Hailing from New Zealand back in 2019, she hiked the Pacific Crest Trail and in... Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty into twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Yes. Because it was the new year. She did the I hope I say this right. Te aurora, aurora, oh, stupid Americans. Al-ra-rora, I think.
1: The Aotearoa.
0: Aurora. I put an extra R in there.
1: Whatever. I tried.
0: I tried. Um, You've probably seen some of her videos on YouTube documenting her hikes. Or maybe you've heard about some of her upcoming projects. But we will let her talk about those because those are super exciting. Um, if you want to know what we are doing here in Korea, you can head over to our YouTube channel or our Instagram to get all of our up-to-date hiking information. And our episodes are on Spotify.
1: So check us out over there while you are hiking or exercising or driving your car.
0: Or if you're me, Apple Podcasts.
1: Oh, yeah. Use that too. It's a good I don't platform. know if
0: anyone else uses that, but I love it. <laughs> Maybe. All right, let's invite her on.
1: Mm. Mm. Let's see. There she is.
0: Connecting across the world. Hi! Hello, hello. Hello,
2: oh, is hey. this working? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: perfect. Nice, <gasps> you're from outside. This is, uh, you're already Yes. You're our second international guest. So it's like cool to be able to talk to you um, while you still have daylight instead of like being in the dark.
2: <laughs> yeah. Also opposite season. So oh, yeah. you guys, oh, you're in Korea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So no, yeah. Was... summer, which is, oh. which has been lovely. Um, but it's also bizarre. I've kind of been offline for a bit, just um, away hiking and traveling Within New Zealand, Um, so it's cool to be connecting with people online again. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. (laughs) Sounds like the dream, though. That's cool. So, uh, you're calling from New Zealand. Um, Where are you originally from? Are you from the North Island or the South Island?
2: Yeah, I grew up in uh, Auckland, which is, like, the most populated city in New Zealand. Um, Yeah, but you kind of hide that fact when you're traveling within New Zealand because... A lot of people don't like when you say from Auckland. But uh, yeah, I grew up in, in West Auckland, which is the kind of like top, uh, like mid, uh, maybe just higher than mid part of the North Island. Interesting. Um,
1: speaking of New Zealand, did you, maybe I'm wrong, did you hear the volcanic explosion that happened on the Tonga Islands a few days back?
2: Uh, no, no, uh, where was I? I was, I think I was down in the South Island when that happened. Um, but yeah, no, I was kind of again, offline. So didn't know all of this was happening, um, yeah. which is kind of, yeah, but Crazy. no, didn't. But I think people in <laughs> the North Island, uh, I don't know, the surf and the waves were insane. Yeah. yeah supposedly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so do you want to just, I mean, we kind of introduced you, but do you want to just tell us your origin story and how you came to be where you are now?
2: (laughs) My origin story. (laughs) Oh, where I came, how I came to be where I am now. Um, Uh yeah, I guess. Oh, where do we start from? (laughs) Mm. I mean, I guess like
1: (laughs) where, 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 when
2: uh, when did you start getting into backpacking? Let's start there. Mm. Okay. I think, I mean, I think I dabbled a little bit when I was a, a kid, but we didn't, I was never, we weren't a hiking family. So I think occasionally um, we'd do kind of day hikes, but nothing like a multi-day hike. I would say that I only uh, really started doing multi-day hikes Or I did a handful of them maybe from my early 20s was when I really kind of started dabbling. Um, So, yeah, jumping into the PCT, I still had only done a handful of multi-day hikes. um, But I felt, like, confident in my – somewhat confident in my abilities, I guess. Um, But, yeah, it was still a huge wake-up call because, again, a thru-hike is just a completely different – kind of hike
1: yeah mm-hmm. going back through your youtube videos um seeing your first announcement video it seemed like you traveled a lot like you you saw a lot of different parts of the world before jumping on the pct um maybe like what was what were some of the travels that you did that really like inspired you to to start backpacking and to get outside more
2: uh i think i mean i think my first taste is when I was in my early 20s of starting to hike, I realized that I really loved it, right? So that was a big um, motivating factor for me when I did travel, which was like, okay, so if I'm going to travel, where are the best hikes? Like, what can I do to be outside in those areas? I guess the cities weren't a big appeal for me um, for travel. Uh, But it was crazy because I spent – I spent like 14 months in the States pre-PCT. So I did that from 2016, end of 2016 to beginning of 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, And just working and traveling in the States over that period of time, I realized how diverse the nature was just within the US. I was like, wait, I kind of see why America thinks they're the world. <laughs> um, it's very very diverse um but or oh, just like it opened my eyes to seeing how every state was so different as well it was almost like their own country. Um but yeah, I guess from there I hadn't really planned on doing the PCT at that point. Um it had, I'd learned about it, but it wasn't at the forefront of my mind. Um, but funnily enough, I lived in Denver for a little bit and the girl's room who I was subletting, subleasing, she had actually, the reason I, w- I could rent her room was because she was hiking the Colorado trail and I hadn't realized, I didn't even understand what that was at that point. I was like, okay, it's a long trail. Um, and it wasn't until like after, like when I decided to do the PCT, I was like, oh wait, she was doing a through hike. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was just, yeah, it's kind of crazy how it all happened, but, um, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's been a motivating thing for me through travel. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely.
0: So what was like the defining moment where you decided that I'm going to hike the PCT?
2: Oh, uh, heartbreak! <laughs> I think it was like, like that was probably the old, like the last factor. But there was, you know, there were a lot of, um, things that had been kind of leading me towards that. But that was like the final straw, I guess, because I'd been interested in doing it. Felt a little bit afraid, like. I guess when you start to hit your mid-20s, you really feel like, oh, I've got to get my life sorted. I'm in my mid-20s. I think I just turned 25, you know? And you're like, oh, okay, I've got to be serious now. I can't waste time, you know? Um, So maybe I was starting to feel that pressure a little bit. Uh, But I'd been thinking about it. I wasn't super fulfilled with my job. I felt like I'd stopped learning. So I was like, okay, I need to move on. Uh, and, yeah, just a whole combina- culmination of things like that. Um, but I did, re- I did find when I was on the trail, <laughs> it's like, I mean, I asked a lot of people. I didn't film everyone, but I did like to ask people, like, you know, why they were hiking. There was definitely a heartbreak. Uh, club out there like a quarter life crisis heartbreak club yeah. um and i was definitely one of them uh because yeah but you guys are hiking the pct this year is that right
0: yep. oh yeah
2: uh, oh, and this is your first long trail second
0: we did the Appalachian trail back
2: in 20 oh oh amazing oh okay cool yeah. Oh, i so excited, yeah. so excited for you, bud. I,
0: I remember when
1: we were getting ready to start the Appalachian Trail, you were just releasing your PCT vlogs mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, okay. I think you like released your final chapter and like we jumped on the AT. So like mm-hmm. you were the last person we binged and then we just yeah. did our own hike. And so it's really cool to be talking to you right now.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I love it. <laughs> I love, yeah. So oh. what,
1: um, what was your filming background before, before just trying to shoot the PCT?
2: Mm. Um, so I had done a degree in communication, so not like a film degree or anything like that. Um, and, but I knew that I loved using the camera and I loved, yeah, creating stories through video. Um, in my final year, I was able to major in video production, but, um, Still not, you know, a lot of experience. Uh, It was cool. I was able to make like a final year short doc. And I really enjoyed that process. Um, And just, yeah, seeing a story you kind of write come to life and have that end result of people watching what you created and feeling impacted by that. Uh, And then after that, I worked for a company. I started kind of doing different kinds of jobs essentially coming on to teams as like the one man band of like the video production. So mm-hmm. I would kind of like storyboard. it was like social videos, essentially videos mm-hmm. for the company that they would generally be posted to YouTube. Um, yeah, if I look back now, I'm like, Oh yeah, I started YouTube channels with two different companies that I worked for. Um, and like grew those channels and yeah, it was like the one man, one man band. So when I went onto the PCT, it was just like, I'd already been doing that, but for other people. Um, and so I just continue doing it, but for myself this time. <laughs>
1: um, Was your initial goal to, Um, I, I don't know. What was your initial goal of filming the PCT? Like
2: mm. what did you want to get out um, of it? Yeah. So I was kind of like, the thing is, I still was very new to the thru-hiking world. Like, I probably, I confirmed my permit on in January. Like, I decided after the first wave of permits had already been released, I was like, oh, I've already missed the first wave. It was like end of November where I was like, okay, I'm going to hike it. Confirmed it in January. And then um, I was like, oh, okay, maybe there's some videos that people have made about these trails and that's when i just did this like deep dive into the rabbit hole of all through hiking videos and i was like wow there's a whole other world there are all these people that everybody knows supposedly <laughs> on these trails this is where i was like oh there's this guy called darwin there's like dixie like i just had no idea of that world and like so i maybe january i started watching these videos um and i saw a couple of cool films uh but yeah, that was just interesting to get that insight that, oh, okay, there, there's like this world online. Um, but when I decided to hike it, the, it wasn't like, oh, I want to go hike this trail to make a film. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like the the desire to hike the trail to just as that experience for myself was the first and foremost goal, um, which I, th- I think is really important, like very, very important for anyone who has ever thought about capturing their hike. It's like the motivation to make a film or uh, capture the experience should not supersede, you know, the drive to actually have that experience and build these relationships. But yeah, so I, when I set out, I was kind of like, well, I'm going to take my camera because that's what I've been doing. That's just what I do. Uh, and I hope to make a film from it. I was definitely like, I hope to make some kind of film. Um, you know, I actively interview people, but not actually that much. Like I didn't film every day. Some Like some days I just didn't feel like it. So I didn't. Um, it was kind of like, okay, I'm just going to make one kind of like, summarizing short film that was the goal um and like I hadn't planned to make a PCT series at all so I the plan was like I was just gonna make one short film when people asked me oh like what are you filming for so like, oh, I think I'm just gonna make one film one short film at the end um and but I ended up so then I made that short film at, at the end and realized that oh I'd actually filmed a lot more than I thought I had and I could create a series from it. So the whole like PCT series was never actually like, I hadn't planned that and never thought I was going to do anything like that. And was kind of like cringing at myself every time I edited or like put it together and at the same time. I was like, okay, oh, it was like, that was me at that moment, even though my self six months later is already cringing at myself. <laughs> and, like that's <laughs> who I was at that point in time. So it's fine. I'm just going to post it. Um, yeah 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 (laughs) so that I guess that was the thought process
1: yeah no I mean we we documented our AT experience and I remember looking back at like when we first started and it was only five months and I was like wow I was such a baby back then yeah and I feel like it's really like the first through hike is really just like getting your training wheels and like really becoming who you are as a hiker and so I really like feel those first few moments on trail are very like I don't know, very intimate but also very exposed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Did you find that the A T was did you feel like it was a transformative experience for you in um in some ways or in any ways?
1: Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. For you, mm-hmm. how was
2: it? Yeah, um
0: there's so many. I'm just trying to think back to it. I think before it was such a like my path had been so linear before getting on the AT and to choose to do something Mm -hmm. like that opened my eyes to like oh you don't have to go to school graduate get a job and pursue that for the rest of your life like there's so much more to the world and it opened my eyes to like all of these different people that are doing all these crazy things and just that experience alone like really allowed me to kind of stop and smell the roses and get off that like really one track mindset Mm. yeah Mm.
1: I feel like um, for me the social groups were just very set throughout my life and um, being able to talk to someone who's 60 something years old and gain their perspective and someone younger than me it was just really cool to like break those boundaries in that sense. So yeah I feel like I do a lot in that that regard. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah I feel like that's something that's so overlooked is just um, conversing and yeah. Being with people who are from different generations. Yeah. Um, it's always, it's, I've actually gone, gotten so much hope from like on the TA I hiked with a lot of younger people who are like early twenties. Is that really windy? I can't tell. No, no,
1: you're Is, good.
2: Okay. Okay. Good.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. So I hiked with people who are like in their early twenties. I was like, God, I'm in my late twenties now technically. Um, so and it gave me a lot of hope. I was like, oh my gosh, these Gen Z kids are just so aware and like intelligent. And yeah, no, it's, I think it's a really great experience. Cause like you said, you're often sick within your own bubbles.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so was your family supportive of you going back to the States and, and walking in the woods for five months?
2: Yeah, honestly, the responses from my friends and family were just underwhelming because they were like, "Oh yeah, okay, like typical, <laughs> typical Eleanor." Like nobody was shocked. Nobody was like, "Oh my god, five months walking." They were just like, "Yeah, that sounds very on brand, very you." Like you've done, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't. And it was supportive. Um, so I guess the most interesting aspect was that. um my younger brother, who's three years younger than me, I had never done hiking. He'd never even done, like, he'd never done an overnighter, uh, which is, you know, I think is fine. Um, but just he never had that kind of inclination for those kinds of experiences. Mm-hmm. And I um, I was like, hey, Kento, I'm going to go hike this trail Uh do you want to do it? Like he was kind of in this place of not super stoked on uni, unsure what to do, but had some money saved. Um, And I could see, I could recognize that it could be a really powerful experience for him too, even though I didn't want to hike with him, which we ensured we did not hike together, especially (laughs) to begin with. Um, And I think that was the most shocking thing for my family is seeing like my younger brother, being like, um, hey, it's my friend Nishna <laughs> from uni. Hey, um, yeah. So she, he um, jumped in and was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I think just my family to see that much motivation from him, like the most motivation he's ever had like in his life. <laughs> uh, um, I think that was, my family were more worried about him, but because I was going to be going, they were like, oh, okay, Eleanor, we we'll look after him, which yeah. I, uh, kind of did not but <laughs> it was right. fine. He grew, he grew from it. He grew from it. <laughs> well,
1: what was it like having a, someone, what was it like having a family member? What? 150, 200 miles ahead of you at all times?
2: Yeah, it was, it was really nice. It was nice to know that he was on the trail having a similar experience in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being like, oh, I've I've got a sense of home, and a sense of comfort here. Uh, it was also motivating because I was like, I'm gonna catch him, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna pass. No, we we're done <laughs> <the> end together. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it was just nice because I'd done yeah done like 14 months overseas and was living and traveling alone, and um, I got very I'm very I guess got very used to being comfortable with being alone. Um, so it was like this nice sense of comfort that I hadn't help, felt before uh, in uh, in an experience that's very, that was very, very uncomfortable for me. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, I
0: would say, how was it when you caught him? Like, did you know that he was going to be right ahead of you? Like, were you aware of where he was when you saw him?
2: Uh, it, was, it was actually really underwhelming <laughs> because uh, we'd... So I say I caught him. He likes to say he waited for me because um, we were like, oh, we were going to, we were hiking to PCT days and he'd gotten there like four days before PCT days. So he was like, oh, I'll just take four zeros. So essentially he waited in Portland and then um, we met at, yeah, PCT days. Uh, and he, so I knew we were going to meet that day um, at Cascade Locks, like in amongst all the people, but I didn't know when I didn't get his message. And then he was probably like 20 meters in front of me. And I was just sitting there looking around and it wasn't until he was standing right in front of me and he was like, Eleanor. And I was just completely shocked. Didn't recognize him. He looked so different. Like he had he'd lost a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, he had like, yeah, like this weird beard, and he just looked like any other hiker. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't even recognize him. And he's like Eleanor, and I was like, what the? <laughs>
1: um,
2: yeah. So it was just like it was very low key, but it was it was nice as yeah. well.
1: Um, I, I love the one yeah. picture of both of you in your plaid shirts, and his yeah. one shirt is just torn off. Was he
2: wearing that throughout the hike? Yeah, yeah. I wish it was a cooler story, and I think he wishes it It was a cooler story um, with, like, a bear ripping it off or something. But I think he literally just got it uh, caught on a tree branch. (laughs) But it looks cool. It looks pretty badass. (laughs)
1: Um, So, like, from Americans, like, going from America to Korea, it's been really hard to switch to, like, kilometers Uh, and all the other metrics that Americans are done with. Was it hard um, to go from kilometers to miles and then, like, meters to to feet and all that?
2: Yeah, yeah. Even though I spent that time in the States, I still couldn't wrap my head around all of that. But I think because through hiking just was a different medium, almost, it's like I measured it felt quite easy because I could measure that trail in miles like in my mind now through hiking is measured in miles which is kind of odd but then when I came back and did the TA of course it was back to kilometers which is actually nice because then you feel like you're walking further than you are um or like the kilometers go a lot quicker um but yeah no it is it was a bit bizarre but yeah, you guys need to uh, get on it because I think the thing that just makes the most sense is just um, degrees Celsius. Like, that's the one that I'm like, why? That's just, <laughs> you're complicating it. Like, zero is freezing, 100 is boiling. It just makes sense. So try, that's what I, try, I try. We're trying. We're
1: trying. We're, We're, trying. Trying. We're
2: trying. Trying. Yeah, yeah. How long have you been in Korea? 11,
1: 11 months now? Almost, yeah. almost a full wow. year. Wow. February. Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, right right amazing. We
1: the Appalachian Trail.
0: Yeah, getting used to like waking up every morning and being like, "Oh, it's negative five degrees outside." Like that's <laughs> a really weird mindset shift. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, how are you liking living there?
0: It's awesome. Yeah,
1: it's exactly it's exactly what we wanted. We really came here for um, the food, the, food, and the hiking. hiking, and it's lived up to every single. We have a really really beautiful view yeah. outside
0: it just snowed yesterday so the whole national park is covered in snow oh like-
2: my goodness <gasps> so where where are you living in korea
0: we are in seoul
1: so like north seoul
0: northern mm. part of seoul and there is a national park smack dab in the middle of the city so it's awesome there's so much public transportation to get to and from the mountains and to go hiking and we've basically hiked every mountain in our area
1: yeah we're kind of ready like to Lincoln, go back to the states and, and start we're
2: starting hiking. to
0: redo a lot of the hikes but it's been wonderful yeah
2: yeah uh incredible so are you gonna go back there after you do the pct or is it like that's a complete shift it's a
0: one and done i think
1: it's a one and done i think we do miss america and we do yeah. love like we do love our home
0: yeah the idea of like trying to start your life a little bit like we are now quarter life crisising, So yep. <laughs> <laughs> need to try and figure it out a little bit more instead of running. Yeah.
2: But that's
0: for that's after the PCT. <laughs> that's a
2: problem mm-hmm. for after that. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You gotta gotta get that PCT in. Oh amazing. Where is Holmes here? Oh, New
1: Jersey. New Jersey, yeah. We're like mm-hmm. thirty minutes outside of New York City.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh cool.
1: Yeah. So oh. definitely East Coasters. We've been out to the West Coast, but we're we're very excited to see what the West has because, mm-hmm. of course, it's just so much more beautiful. Mm. Don't
0: say that. The East is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> in it's In its own way, you in know, in its way. own unique way. Yeah. 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 Oh, I would love to go out and, like, redo a stretch of the PCT. Hmm. Okay.
1: Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> mm. What stretch would you do? What part would you do again?
2: Uh, maybe... It would probably be oh, somewhere in Washington mm. uh, or like I goat rocks. was I, That stands out to me, but I also wouldn't want to change that experience. Like I had, there was such a beautiful stretch that I really remember. So probably a stretch that I maybe like blitzed through and didn't appreciate as much as I could have. So I'd have to go back and like, Yeah, look at what that was. Maybe even like a stretch in the Sierra because the snow was so crazy. I feel like I couldn't really, uh, I guess, enjoy it in the way that um, I could have if the snow was a lot uh, lesser.
0: Well, the season is looking to be another very 2019-esque snow year right now. So if you did...
2: (laughs) it would be right just there a little later in the yard. season <laughs> uh, but it's good it's lucky I think it's a it's a good year to do it when it's high snow yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um was that challenging like yeah. getting to Kennedy Meadows knowing that you were going to be going through the Sierras like
2: that uh honestly I had no grasp of it at all. I couldn't even comprehend the idea of hiking in snow. I had never done anything like that. So because I had no prior experience hiking in snow, didn't even know what to expect from this year. Again, like I just decided to do it like three months before I hadn't done like years of research. I hadn't read all the books. Um, hadn't watched. I didn't want to watch any of the videos like about the hikes. Like I watched videos about, Gear and preparing for it but I didn't watch anything about the hike um, apart from like short films I guess um, but nothing extensive that really showed what to expect from each section so um, yeah I had nothing to compare it against nothing uh, no prior experience to compare it to so I was just like well I'm going into this and I'm just going to hope for the best and yeah. uh that's what i what i did uh, i was terrified every day but got through it so was there
1: any like really sketchy sketchy moments mm-hmm. going through
2: uh i think just like honestly the ri- some of the river crossings are kind of sketchy um oh i think the sketchiest was probably climbing mount whitney mm. yeah i hadn't done like an alpine start or used an ice axe before and I remember halfway because there were no switchbacks because it was just completely snowed over um people had dug in steps and so we were climbing these steps and there were headlamps above us and snow hitting our heads from people above us like kicking in steps uh and I was like well if somebody up there falls like all of us are going to be wiped out because it was just a trail of us going up and about halfway climbing up uh, my mate Irish is just like, he looks at my ex and he's like, you know, you've still got the like stopper, the rubber thing on the <laughs> <laughs> So like if I had fallen, it wouldn't, yeah, it was just, I was like, oh, okay, I'm meant to take that off. <laughs> so yeah, lack of experience there. And I was definitely like, I hope my brother does not climb Mount me because at that point he would like flip flopped. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was definitely quite quite sketchy. Yeah. I'm now quite motivated to go do like a mountaineering course or something like that. Um yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Cool. Um what was hiking on a twisted ankle like? I feel like you twisted it early on and then you kept twisting it.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it stems from my days playing netball and I'm aware that you don't have netball in the States, um, no. but it's essentially like, it's essentially, It's kind of like basketball. There are seven players, but you don't bounce the ball. And when you've got the ball in your hands, you cannot step, like you can't move. Okay, um, okay. And I it twisted a lot in high school growing up. And so I said, I have weak ankles and... Yeah, it just—it was a lot of pain. When I look back, and I'm like, "How did I walk on that?" Because I—I did pop ibuprofen every morning when I woke up, and like several times a day, and always had strap on it. Um, so a lot of lot of ibuprofen. Mm-hmm. Not good, not good in the long term. But it got me through. I don't think I'd do that again. I think next time I might rest a bit more and be more chilled out about it all, but. It was good for that experience.
0: It's hard when you're on trail, like you think you're invincible and when something happens, you're like, Oh, it's fine. I'll just muscle through it. Like that's what you do. Mm. You
2: know, you want
0: to step back.
2: Yeah. I also think just the whole element of people, right? You've built all these relationships and you're like, right. I don't want to fall behind. I I want to stay with these people. Um, yeah. So that was probably another factor, even though, you know, some most would also probably be willing to chill out with you for a day or so but when you're kind of like it's going to be an injury that's lasting um you kind of just power through it yeah
1: talking about um like not falling behind and being with the people that you love what interactions mm-hmm. and or or with who like defined your pct was it like um the people your family? was it a trail angel Who, like, really defined your experience of the PCT?
2: Mm. Hmm. I mean, I feel like every interaction you have is going to impact you in some way. But in terms of the ones that are the most lasting will be the people that I hiked with. Um, I kind of almost hiked with two different trail families. So, like, Mm. even though you're really... Ah, you might see both. Anyway, the first half, like up until just after this year, I hiked with a kind of group of people, but there were two guys I hiked with that, um, Irish and Lucy, still really good friends with. The thing that's hard is that everyone is in the States, um, bar me, so I can't really like have I guess like face to face interactions. Um, or if it happens it'll be like, you know, once every how many years. Yeah. Um so those two guys and then the trail family I ended with, I think just yeah, you just create these bonds as you know that uh you can't recreate in the civilized world. <laughs> you know, it's just completely different experience, like where you're at in your life. Um a lot of distractions are removed, so you have these really, I guess, powerful conversations. You and you go a lot deeper a lot quicker. Yeah. Um and the conversations you can't have with people, I mean, I wish you could, but often conversations you don't have with people in your day-to-day life. And, like, I still think a day of hiking equates to, can equate to almost like a year of friendship because that time is so intimate. And so um, a lot of your layers are gone, you know, that, that all those protective shields are gone. You're know, kind of just like who you are um at your core and so you really get to know a person very quickly Mm. uh and it's yeah it's hard to replicate or recreate that kind of environment for those relationships so absolutely yeah yeah
1: i i feel like that's also a tough reason or that's a reason why post-trail depression is so tough because you go back to quote-unquote society and um it's really hard to be able to connect on that level the same way you were doing six months before. Um,
2: Yeah. 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 It's a difficult, the whole, yeah. Post trail, I guess depression or grief or however, you know, you want to call it. It just, I've since, uh, I guess reflected more on it and just realizing how much, dopamine you're getting every day on the trail right you're just like you're active you're on this kind of like social high um the food you eat tastes so much better because you've been deprived you are deprived constantly um of calories and so everything is just so much more heightened and so it manifests in every way uh in terms of feeling that loss when you get off it get off the trail. And so, and you can see why, and I understand now, um, and you probably too, why you'd be drawn back to it as well, because you're not only getting those really beautiful social interactions, but I guess every element of your being is like just, um, and your experiences are just more heightened in that way. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Did it help to have your brother back home with you to be able to at least share some experiences with?
2: yeah yeah I think it really did because yeah I don't have there aren't a lot of I guess people around I guess I guess there are less Kiwis who have gone and done long trails, and wherever we are we're all kind of spread out um and so it's not often to like meet a Kiwi on trail and then live in the same city as them um so it's – and I'm sure you two have found, like, you'll be able to reminisce and, like, bounce off each other and, like, recall the memories. Um, so it's good to have, yeah, someone in real life, my brother, where we like, oh, I remember this, remember that. And then my poor – other siblings are just like, all right, like, I've <laughs> had it. You've hiked a trail, cool. Um, yeah, but I actually recently met someone else who had hiked the PCT in twenty. I think he did it in twenty sixteen, and it was just like cool to connect in that way. It was like, Oh, we've both been through it. Um, yeah. And I guess that's like with a lot of experiences in life, you know. You know, somebody, you meet somebody who's like been through a similar. Um, hardship or adventure or whatever and you just connect instantly so it's always cool to um yeah connect with people in that way absolutely
1: what so you got off the pct in 2019 did you have any big plans for 2020 that got shifted
2: uh kind of i was a bit like i had no real plans uh pre PC, t- so I was kind of like, I'll finish the trail and then figure it out. So I had nothing like yeah. lined up. But when, like, you know, you know the feeling. You get a trail and you're like, okay, cool. I'm ready for the next big thing. I'm ready for another adventure. I want this dopamine hit. Like, I can keep going like this. I could, I could live like this forever. <laughs> and so I was kind of like, okay, uh, maybe I'll go to Canada. Uh, maybe I'll go hike uh, the GDT, Maybe I'll. Um, You know, I just started thinking like that. So I did get a Canadian visa uh, in February 2020. Um, So that was an idea. That was a potential idea, uh, which obviously did not (laughs) go through. But I still have this visa. It's still valid because I haven't used it. Um, And, yeah, so that was one thing that was really canned. But I had no real clear... Like it wasn't like, oh I'm gonna go hike this trail and then that was cancelled because um yeah, I feel like that would have been a lot more heartbreaking. Yeah. So- yeah. How about you both?
0: So we got on trail March 16th in 2020, we're on trail for about a day and a half when the Conservancy came out and like put their letter out saying, you know, get off trail, Like this isn't the time to be doing it. And we made the decision to go as far as we could before it like physically wasn't possible. So we made it about 12 days in, had to get off when the Smoky Mountain National Park had closed down, and then waited. Five weeks obsessively checking websites and news posts to know when it would open back up, and then we got back on in May. Yeah, so it was a little broken up.
1: So yeah. we were we were fortunate enough to be able to be outside for those five months when a yeah. lot of people were locked locked in their homes and doing that. So that was that was our 2020, which was I feel very fortunate for yes. that. Yeah, very
0: but, lucky.
1: Um, yeah, that was us and then mm-hmm. and then we had no plans after that, mm-hmm. as one does and and then influenced by people on trail to go teach over in Korea and we we're like, well, let's just do it, let's do it. We have no other game plan, we wanted to travel abroad. Let's go see a different country. Yeah. And that's what brought us there, yeah.
0: But we no, knew in the back in of real. our heads, we knew in the back of our heads, we're like, okay, within a year or two, like we'll probably do another trail. Like yeah. it was already there. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool, though. You made the best of the situation you were in. Yeah. Yeah, tried to. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so when was the TA, when was that on um, your radar? Like, when did that start becoming a thing?
2: Uh, I guess, like, on the PCT, as soon as you tell someone you're from New Zealand, I guess one of the two questions you're asked is, like, oh, have you hiked uh, the New Zealand Trail, uh, Te Roa or TA? Um, and the other question is usually probably something, like, Lord of the Rings related. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I... That, like, popped on my radar a little bit more. I was like, okay, how can I even say that I'm from New Zealand, <laughs> I don't know, I just felt like I had, like I should know this trail of, you know, where I was born, that started, That seed was planted while I was on the PCT, I did have a friend who hiked in 2016, and I was like, like, you're walking the length of the country, I still hadn't even really known what through hiking was. And I was like, wow, that's, I thought it was cool, but I was like, that's, that's crazy. Like that's, that's a lot. Um, and when I, when he told me about that, I hadn't, even that hadn't influenced me. I think it's the whole, you know, the whole prospect of when you are from, when you grow it up within a country or within a smaller country, you want to explore every other place before you explore your own. Cause you're like, Oh, I'll always have home. Um, and then obviously twenty twenty rolls around and it's kind of like, Oh, cool. 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 I can't even leave, uh, the board. Like I can't leave this Island. That's yeah. when New Zealand, I never has, have, it's interesting. Cause New Zealand is an Island. Well, it was two islands. It's three islands actually. Um, with some other sprinkled around and I'd never grown up feeling like New Zealand was an island mm. um and and I always got offended when other hikers on PCT were like oh it's just a little island I'm like no it's not like it is but there's a lot of people anyway um and yeah so it wasn't till COVID hit where I was like, "Oh, I am on an island. <laughs> like, we <we've, laughs> I feel so isolated from the rest of the world." Especially because you know things weren't impacting us the way they were everywhere else. You know, we weren't really impacted by COVID in twenty twelve. We weren't impacted in the healthcare sense. Right. Um, in twenty twenty, different story twenty twenty one. But um, so twenty twenty was kind of like, oh, everything's quite normal here. I just can't leave. Uh, And that's when the idea really started to um, grow. I was like, okay, that little seed that was planted last year, yep, it's starting to grow. I can't go anywhere else. Like, it feels like – it really did feel like now or never. I was like, I don't think I'll ever prioritize this in my life if I don't do it this year Um, because I'll always have a yearning to go – abroad if I had that option. Uh, And so I just was like, well, everything's pointing that way. Uh, I feel like you kind of know when it's your time (laughs) to go do that, that thing, go do, um, you know, make that idea happen. And it really felt like it was time. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Had you ever been on the TA before for a day hike or anything?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. The interesting thing about TA is, is it is, there are sections that have kind of been made to be at but a lot of them are just like connecting trails. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like I'd done the, like Tongariro Crossing is one of them. I'd done multiple times before. There's like a section called Padongia i have done that as a, a day hike before. Anyway, like several sections that I'd done. Um, and New Zealand trails are like, I mean, it feels like home, right? Like, I, I know what to expect going into them. Uh, I think you were saying at the beginning, like, switchbacks so are straight up and straight down. Mm. There's no there's no mucking around with Te Araroa Trail, just trails in New Zealand in general. They're just like, if I saw a switchback, I would be, there were maybe like, less than five and every time i was on one i was like oh my god I like i was just very excited by it it's like, this takes me back pct um, <laughs> but yeah most yeah a lot of up and down uh i forget what you asked if i'd been on trial. that was my long-winded yeah. answer to that.
1: <laughs> um i was gonna say going from the pct like a pretty crowded Trail to going to the TA was the TA as crowded, um, and also it seemed like there. I mean, there probably weren't many internationals on it that year since everything was shut down. So, what was mm. that experience like going from a crowded PCT and then maybe not so much?
2: Yeah, uh, PCT was interesting because like I got dropped off by Scout and Frodo, so I started with like twenty other people. And already, you know, you're just meeting people, meeting new people. You're hiking the trail. You pass another hiker. You see another hiker. You stop for a break. Someone passes you. You're always seeing people. Te Oro is just not that. It's, nope. it's still a very, like, rare thing. Um, and so I did actually start the same day as, like, four other people. Uh, and that was really cool. But we didn't catch up to another set of hikers probably for like 2 weeks. Wow. Because it's just so I guess like quite dispersed. And I guess I kind of started late for the season. Not super late, but I guess we were definitely past the like big bubble. Um yeah, bubble. Yeah. Uh and it's interesting cuz most I'd had a friend who hiked it a year or two prior and he said that maybe it was like 7030 international to Kiwis and this year it was like that same ratio but Kiwis to international. A lot of international hikers who were there just had were hiking it because they had their visas extended and were like, well, like what else are we gonna do? (laughs) So it was like people who just like hadn't even really done a lot of hiking and I thought it was so cool because it was people who were just like it seems like a cool way to experience New Zealand and I think that's the best way to look at Teotoroa. Um, as a through hiking experience is you're experiencing the people, like especially the North Island section. If you go into it thinking it's going to be this complete wilderness trail, like the PCT, you're just not going to have a good time. You're going to be like, this is a lot of farm and a lot of beach. But if you go into it thinking, well, I'm really going to get to know and understand a bit more of Aotearoa and the people um, and be open to interactions with the locals, you know, really, I feel like your experience is so much more heightened, um, in that sense.
1: Yeah. Was it, um, yeah, no, I mean, I totally understand that. Was, was interacting with the locals, were they very open to interaction? Like, did a lot of them know they were right on trail and, um, I don't know what I'm trying to ask was, um, was it, was it, well, uh, just was it nice to have a very like local interaction rather than having different perspectives of, I don't know, internationals everywhere else?
2: Oh, um, I don't know. I, I love meeting people from all different kinds of backgrounds. So it was kind of, it's always a bit sad when you're like, ah, it would be cool to meet like people from all different, um, countries, but at the same time, it's always interesting meeting people within your own country who also have very different perspectives or different upbringings, different lives. Um, So you get that kind of experience, especially people from the South Island. um, Yeah. Who just have grown up in a very different way. Um, Well, not super different, but I think the thing that's interesting is that, you know, growing up in Auckland, it's a very, very diverse city. Um, And the South Island I forget every time it's just not as diverse, um, and I found the further south I get got, the more I was asked like where I was from as in like what country I was from, not even <laughs> <laughs> um I was like, oh i I look quite ethnic down here <laughs> um, and yeah, so I think it was yeah, I don't know, also Kiwi's just like um being very open to travelers. I think it's interesting having that ex- I think that was the most interesting thing is just having that kind of like tourist experience as someone who grew up here. Um cuz you're almost treated like a tourist. Um in a really good like open way. Uh yeah, it's not often you get that kind of feeling within your own country.
1: Yeah. Well, I,
2: um, well, a small country, small country. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe to clarify my question, how did the, the experience of the TA like uh, change your perspective of your own country?
2: Yeah, I think... How did it? Hmm. It's been a while since I thought about this. I feel like right off trail, I would have had a different answer. But hmm. I think it made me realize just it made the country feel a lot bigger, Mm. a lot more diverse in a lot of ways, you know, not just with the people and not just with the landscapes, just, it just, yeah, it it did feel a lot bigger. Maybe because like four months of walking is a long time and you're like, okay, that actually is quite a long period of time to walk. It took me that long. Um, And I think the other sense is just kind of feeling more grounded and more connected to it uh, and having more appreciation of, I guess like what happened on the land before I walked it, before I even got there. Like there is, We don't have a lot of history. We have history, but comparatively speaking, relatively speaking, not a lot. But the history, you know, that happened, like there are some places you walk on trail where there were literal, like uh, very um, impactful uh, land wars that occurred and you're walking on that ground, like the trail takes you right through it and um, just gaining more understanding an appreciation for that. Uh yeah, I guess overall it just felt more connected and understanding. Yeah. Yeah. What was what were some
0: of the biggest similarities and differences between the TA community and the PCT community? Uh
2: a lot smaller. (laughs) Uh I think the thing was I guess like PCT trail, there's a culture that's been established because there's it's been around for a long time, right? So as the years goes go by, there's yeah more of that culture tradition almost, uh, like even language wave speak that um, has been built around this trail uh, and networks. Uh, and Tierra is still a very young trail, and so the culture of the trail is still developing um, in a really beautiful, I guess, like, organic way, it's, and it's more influenced by Kiwi culture as well, um, so, yeah, like, we, I'd done the PC too, so I was like, I'll bring trail names, but trail names were still not a thing that was common, like, I feel like the people I hiked with were like what, some of the only people who had trail names. We gave people trail names, but I was like, is this sticking? Am I forcing something here? It's still a fun thing. I think it could still stay, but, or it could eventually grow. But at the same time, I started to realize that, oh yeah, this is really its own trail and it's it's got its own culture. And um yeah, so that was a big difference with the, with the two trails. Did you ask me about similarities? I don't remember.
0: Yeah, I said similarities and differences.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I guess similarities is like, there's still a tr- there's a trail angel network that is growing here. Um, but also differences there, again, with just influenced by New Zealand culture and just, uh, yeah, I think more, in a really beautiful way, there's more... Um, I guess, reverences of te and like Māori culture within, um, yeah, within the trail culture itself because it's so, it's becoming, it's not as ingrained as it should be, but becoming more ingrained with culture here as well.
0: Is there like a really big hiking community in New Zealand overall? Like, is that a very popular thing for your country?
2: I feel like it's one of the only things (laughs) um, I think it depends on where you live I think it depends on where you live I think a lot of people love it um, but it's more like if you lived in a in a town maybe like for example Queenstown which is in South Island a lot of trails and that's a town like known for like outdoorsy people you are there because you want to be outdoors Um, I think yeah I mean, I feel like you'd ask five people on the street. One person would say they're like hiking. <laughs> um, maybe that's Auckland, but yeah, but I, I definitely think it's a huge, yeah, it is a huge pastime here. Yeah. Like there are the great walks and they get booked out every year. You've got a on release date, you've got a book in your um, huts and all of that because they get swept up within a matter of minutes. Um, so popular, but Um, yeah, there's not much else to do. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: how often were you crossing, uh, large bodies of water on the TA? Were you doing that many
2: times? Uh, you only really crossed two big rivers. Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember the names. It's so bad. I've forgotten so much. ask me again uh tomorrow um yeah so two big rivers in the south island and they generally just say to go around them actually they say not to cross them people do cross them i was trying to be a good example so went around (laughs) um but i think at least one of them you could have crossed Mm -hmm. i think if you also if you're confident with river crossings because they're just very large rivers. Like they're ones that take maybe like twenty minutes to half an hour to cross. So they're the kinds that if there's rain, they're like very, very dangerous. Um yeah, there's definitely there's a rescue there I did it. And just a picture of a sad guy in the middle of like two sections of the Brady River with his pack and like his PLB and there's a photo from the helicopter. Um, yeah. It was really made really made an example of in the Teatro Facebook page. Um, yeah, so those are the two main ones, but nothing like like the Sierra was kind of like you're just crossing them a couple every day or so. Uh, and they're smaller but they're very strong. Um, yeah. but I think I did have one unexpected river crossing from a massive Downpour, so that is the thing with New Zealand weather and hiking. Is that like it's very very changeable?
1: Yeah. Um. What? What, what wildlife did you see on on the trail?
2: Uh, a lot of birds. Ah, uh, this is the thing. We don't have a lot. <laughs> we have a lot of birds. A lot of possums. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I think I, I I would say our bird life is the most interesting yeah, form of wildlife on these trails. Like we don't have anything dangerous, right? So um
1: Yeah, no, I, most I mean, interesting that's...
2: thing. Yeah. Oh sorry, it was just so dogs aren't generally allowed on trails, like in the States, but there's a section in the Richmond ranges where they are. And so the most interesting was seeing a dog on a hiking trail in New Zealand. I'd never seen it before. And I was like, oh my gosh, this beautiful Australian shepherd is sleeping in the hut tonight. And um, that makes it so really for <laughs> But we've cool birds. birds. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that.
1: I, no, I get it. South Korea doesn't have much. I think in our entire year here, we've seen one squirrel. One deer. One deer. <laughs> it's it's so overly populated here that all of the wildlife has just kind of disappeared. disappeared yeah. That's kind of sad. Mm. Yeah. But mm. lots of birds.
0: Not a lot of different birds and not exciting birds, but lots of birds. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. Mm,
0: well, it seems like from your videos of the TA, like there are several different landscapes that you're going through. Can you just explain? the kind of, like,
2: environments that you're walking through on the TA? Uh, yeah, so I guess the North Island is full of a lot of, uh, beach, um, some forest, a lot of road, I wouldn't say a lot, there's road, um, you're going through Tongariro National Park, so volcanoes, uh, I mean, as well, okay, city, you walk through Auckland City, uh, which is also surrounded by like, oh, I want to say like 40 volcanoes, um, which are not that. I say that. They're like dormant, right? So they're just like hills, but yeah. technically there's 40 volcanoes around. Um, cattle down a river. It's just, yeah, very, very diverse. It's like this whole kind of like adventure trail, um, and you're topping that off with mountains. Um, when you hit the south, it is just like mountains and more of that wilderness trail experience uh and a lot colder
1: Mm.
2: Um, but yeah very very diverse very very different every day is very different
1: did you like the north or the south more uh
2: if i was to say the hiking experience definitely the south if i were to say the kind of, like, cultural experience, I would say, the North Island. That's why I'm, like, as a whole, like, as a collective experience, it really balances each other out, especially if you're wanting to hike Te Araroa to kind of, like, understand New Zealand. I feel like you couldn't do one without the other.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah. Very diplomatic answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so when you got off the TA, how quickly did you pick up the footage to start editing and and putting it into video format?
2: Uh, I would not. I would probably not use the word quickly uh, alongside that process. I didn't touch anything for a long time. I was absolutely terrified of looking at it. I kind of was just over it as well. I filmed a lot more on Seattle than I did on the PCT. So I felt very, very just like... I don't know, overwhelmed and just, like, I just, yeah, I needed a break from it all. I probably didn't pick it up till, I'm going to say July. Oh, wow. That I really started looking at it. Yeah. So, Good. I finished end of March. Mm, okay. So, four months. Um, And even then, it was a slow start. I just... Yeah, I was just over it, really.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I got it. Uh, Was the PCT the same process, or did you, like, go right to editing when you got off the PCT?
2: I went straight into it. I got home in October, and I published It Is The People in November. So I spent, like, a month. I just, yeah, I guess I was just, like, very... I felt worlds away, I guess, from leaving the States to come back to New Zealand. It's, It was that feeling, and I'm sure most people get it, it's like, did I even do that? Did that really happen? Was I even over there? And the difference being in New Zealand was like, oh, I'm still very much here. Like, um, and so I guess for me it was that sense of like, okay, this is how I'm going to really process this experience. Whereas I felt like processing Te araro, I just – yeah needed to disconnect from it, but yeah straight away, jumped in, no expectations, I think that was a another factor. there were no expectations for what I was doing, right? I was just like, I'm going to make this thing because I want to. Um, yeah. Whereas Te post-trail was kind of like, I feel a bit of expectation, a bit of weight on my shoulders. Um, I hope I do this justice. I'm representing my country.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> it
2: just, yeah, I just felt a little bit more pressure. So I was like, I'm going to hold off a little bit. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. How did you want to change your narrative um, going like from how you filmed the PCT to then how filming the TA.
2: Uh, I just wanted, like, the interesting thing is, you know, this PCT. I I haven't rewatched them. I can't really rewatch them. I'll just <laughs> cringe a lot. Uh, so I think, um... yeah, I never expected to film myself the only reason i did was because i was the only person like available to myself to film and so i never thought i'd make a series that's kind of like based around me which you know it's just like it feels and is self-indulgent but it's also a um recognizing that as a form of uh being able to carry the narrative it's like well the audience needs a character and the only character I have around here is me. Um, so I will, I will utilize myself um, as that person taking that story through. So I think with Teatro it was just like, I recognized and like really realized and leant into knowing that I had to continue putting myself on camera, but could also see that there were a lot more voices and a lot more people I could film. So, I probably took more, uh, I was more proactive with who I was filming, when I was filming, um, people, and just wanted a different approach that felt less vloggy. Mm. I don't know, there's such a, it's such a great area between like, um, non fiction. And vlog and all of that, especially when you're filming, when you're self-filming, it's always going to be kind of categorized in that way. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest difference with editing is I spend so much more time writing um, the narrative post, in the post-production process. I yeah, really take my time. I take more time with it and probably spend 50% of the time writing and 50% of the time actually editing and like Mm. putting it together um Um,
1: I remember that you said something in your commentary I forget what episode but that you're looking at it a lot less linearly like putting the clips together linearly um Mm. is what what's the editing process like when you do that do you go through it linearly and then like break it up how you feel like the story fits and the ebb and flow of it
2: yeah, yeah, I definitely will go through it in a linear sense, and then recognize. I kind of try to edit for how, for my interest level. So I'm watching something. I'm like, okay, like okay, I can't of this now. How can I break this up? um what's well, something that can add to the story that's not just, you know, super predictable. um Yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I guess some interesting things. I don't really I don't watch hiking videos. I don't watch hiking content. Um, I create it, but I don't watch it. Um, (laughs) And, and that's probably an element of like, maybe it's quite common. You know, you would rather do the trail than watch something about it. Mm. Um, But maybe it's that sense of like, oftentimes I've found, how do I say this so I'm not just like. <laughs> um... <laughs> hmm. oh. Thoughts, thoughts before I speak. <laughs> no, no, so I just, I think just. Um... Where was I going? Linear. Linear process. <laughs> uh, nonlinear, yes, correct. <laughs> yeah, I've lost my train of thought, sorry. No, no,
1: no. I, well, I was going to jump in, I was going to say. I feel like uh, watching too many hiking videos, especially through hiking videos, you get caught in the loop of doing the same exact thing that everyone else does. Mm -hmm. So honestly, probably not watching hiking videos is nice because it gives you your own voice as, as a filmmaker, I would say, just not getting caught in that same cycle of either daily vlogging or I don't know, however else most people film their hikes.
2: Hmm. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, like, I think regardless, you know, it's, it's really beautiful when people are able to like film their stories and create that. Cause it's, these are like memories you'll hold forever and you can look back and like refer to. And I think it's so, um, yeah, so beautiful, especially because there are people who will never get the chance to be able to do these trails and can like live through, anyone who's telling those stories online i think it's yeah it's just an incredible um way to do it and yeah a really cool platform just that anyone can upload to yeah
1: Yeah. true was it um
0: what uh how did you go about choosing the music that you put into your videos like is it trying to capture an emotion or a feeling or the environment
1: yeah I love Stephen Day yeah Stephen
0: Day's for
2: <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah I a lot of it is just I will maybe have the narration the writing go through a sequence yeah I guess it is just thinking about okay what's the emotion here and listening to songs and often it's just it's honestly just like listening to a lot and being finding one i'm like yeah this is it and often i'll know within like first five seconds just because you can tell like if the start of a song has got what you're looking for um but it is there's no real like process. It's just that feeling or that intuition
1: um As an outdoor filmmaker, what did you learn from filming the PCT that you then took on to do on the AT, or the AT, the TA? Uh, uh,
2: I think a lot of it was like realizing that you don't need to capture everything and it will work out fine. The thing is though, it's always easy to say that before and then when you're on the trail, you're like, oh, but I have to capture this. Yeah. Uh, so again, I had to be reminded of that on Seoreroa. I think um, it was just maybe a sense of confidence in in that itself, knowing that I didn't need to capture it all. Um. There were probably some other technical things, but pro- also probably not. <laughs> I guess the biggest thing is was realizing like that I really enjoyed interviewing people. Like that was always my favorite thing. Um and that I wanted to lean into that more.
1: Yeah.
0: How did people in New Zealand feel when you would pick up the camera to start filming them, like explaining what you were doing? How did most people react to it? Uh
2: I think I mean, people are always pretty uh, open to it. If you're um, open with your communication and have developed, you know, trust with that person that you're not going to, you're not doing it, you're not filming something to kind of manipulate their story, manipulate who they are, misrepresent them in some way. I was always very, I think that's something I learned is to really communicate, like, what I was doing, because I wouldn't you know you can read the room, you can tell when somebody's very, very uncomfortable um, and doesn't want to be filmed, and so it's under understanding that and respecting that with people um as well as just asking someone it's simply asking it was never like a shock, like just whipping the camera out and filming <laughs> someone. it was just like yeah. you know the conversations, but I think um. Yeah, when you're interviewing someone who hasn't heard of it, it was always, I mean, it's always, actually, I don't think I interviewed anyone who didn't know about the trail, but um, yeah, just interactions with locals who maybe I didn't film. um, They were, yeah, surprised, or people were surprised to know that there's a trail in their backyard and they never knew about it.
1: I'm, I'm always curious to know, like, I love the long sequences of, of people just, like, talking and rambling. Do you usually ask them a question that then is followed up by their long response? Or is it just, you just start rolling and they talk about what they want to talk about?
2: Uh, so I would have, like, a series of questions right now and ask them things. But if there's something interesting that they mention, then, you know, I would ask more on that and ask them to elaborate um yeah i think that's the beauty of interviews it's always having um it's it is not always a two-way conversation um but it's open right so you've got to be willing to um ask the interesting questions that come from interesting answers
1: yeah very true very true um are there any bits that you plan ahead of time to film or is it just kind of filming on the go and how much planning is the before the filming process
2: um i think i mean just to ease my nerves i was kind of like okay these are the shots i want to get at the beginning these are the interview questions i'll ask people um good ones to like as jumping points um and then after the first week, it's kind of like okay, whatever. Just I'll just film as I go and um, capture, you know, what feels right. Again, it's like so different every day, and it's so long. Like you can't capture it all, and if you did, you wouldn't be hiking anymore. It would just, it would just be about filmmaking, and I think that's where you can lose a lot of the value of the experience.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, so how many more episodes can people expect out of out of the TA?
2: Um, I initially was like eleven, now I'm like ten, now I'm like, it would be great to be done with eight. Uh, it's <laughs> each chapter takes just like it takes a long time, it takes a lot of emotional energy, not just like the work itself, but I'm just like I always feel like I'm just like pouring my soul into it. And then mm-hmm. after one is done, like oh, okay time for the next one uh, and so the more I do I'm like oh god when is this? just because I guess that's another thing it's like you know you've hiked the trail you're ready to uh, I'm ready to move on <laughs> I'm done I'm just like keep ringing at this like old rag trying to <laughs> squeeze out all the liquid um, yeah so I mean let's say I'll cap it at 11 let's hope 10 let's also pray for eight you know (laughs)
1: love that (laughs) um so so after all of it what's what's next you're doing a lot of cool things this year right
2: yeah oh my gosh I hope so (laughs) Uh, um yeah (laughs) um yeah so I'm supposed to Uh, supposed to be going to Patagonia doing a group travel trip Uh, I would love for that to go through as well as a trip in Ecuador uh, Mm. March and April and then supposedly uh, Alaska in June and uh, hiking the TMB in July Mm. these are all group travel trips that uh, I hope go ahead, it'd be lovely um, to be able to go beyond these shores uh, once again um, cause literally I've run out of things to do. I've walked the whole country. I've like, I've gone down to the South again. I've scoured every single square meter. Um, so I'm ready, but yeah, so that's the initial plan. Um, it's interesting because getting back into New Zealand is actually the issue. Like I can leave quite easily, but getting back in is, is is a process, so yeah. it's kind of like either I kind of jump across shore from March and see where the year takes me, um, because there's no no promise of getting back into the country. Uh, I'm kind of leaning, I'm leaning towards that at this point. Um, who knows? I might be stateside okay. once again. Yes. <laughs> um, would love that. Uh, yeah. So. The year is full of
1: Mystery? cautious
2: hope. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, how
2: did you get, like,
0: involved with, what is it, Vagabond Tours is how you're doing Yeah, a lot of
2: these, yeah, these companies just, uh, yeah, reach out to me and could mm-hmm. see that. Um, it, I think, yeah, there's a lot of people who want to go on these travel, hiking trips but often don't want to go alone. And, um, you know, I think it's really cool. And also bizarre, the sense that, you know, people get to know you when you've put something online, people get to know who you are, but it's can be very one-sided. So it's Mm -hmm. also an opportunity to like build real relationships with people who are like, Oh, I feel very connected to you, but you're like, I don't know who you are, but I would love to know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I would love to become friends with you because obviously, you know, similar interests and similar passions. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it gives that opportunity to feel like, you know, to feel like, you know, the person who's going to be on that trip, um, but also build relationships with other people within these groups who are also interested in the same things. Um, So yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very random. Didn't think I'd ever be involved in anything like this, um, but you know, got to say yes to, to the things that seem right amazing
1: opportunity. So cool. Mm-hmm. Let's um let's manifest that all these things are going to happen. Yes. Um which which one are you like most giddy for? Like Ooh. which one are you most excited to see?
2: Honestly, I haven't even allowed myself to get excited about any <laughs> of these ideas, but um just the I just the <sighs> I mean, I think the one that I would be most excited for is the TMB because mm-hmm. it's all the other ones are more like travel and hiking. This is like the complete trail, mm-hmm. um, like a, a variation of it. And yeah, that makes me excited because it's just like oh, yeah. this international hiking trip that looks absolutely incredible. And yeah, just... Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to see something new.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Have you been to the Alps before?
2: No, not at all. Um,
1: Cool. I I haven't either. (laughs) No, I want
2: to. (laughs) Um, This is the year, or next year, or. (laughs) (laughs) It'll eventually happen. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Do you want to go into conclusions? Sure. what do you hope that your audience or your followers can um, take away from the content that you create?
2: Uh, are those sirens really loud? No, no it's, just, it's it's all good. Okay, it's, great. <laughs> okay, great, great. Uh, to walk away with, uh, I mean, you always hope there's a sense of, um, Inspiration, but not just to want to do these big grand adventures. A lot of it is just inspiration, not even inspiration, actually. I would say I hope people walk away with a sense of insight to realizing, you know, there are different ways to live your life, there are different ways to approach it. There are so many people in this world, people you can have conversations with, you can live a life so much bigger than the one within your bubble. And I think that's a big takeaway I want. I would love for people to walk away with um, something that I never realized was so powerful, but has brought a lot of, I guess, I don't know, like sense of really just a really warm feeling is getting comments and receiving messages from people who, you know, maybe hadn't thought that they could hike before and seeing someone maybe who they hadn't seen represented or seeing like a reflection of themselves through me is always like very, um, very, very powerful. And really just like, yeah, for me, it's more for me than me. (laughs) um, You know, that's a really powerful feeling. I think as well as just the whole aspect of, you know, realizing that everyone has their own voice and has their own story and has the ability to tell it because, you know, the world is so much more full when there are different stories being told. Mm. Uh, Yeah. Nice. Nice.
0: What advice do you have for future through hikers?
2: Oh, uh, I would say, you know, go into the trail with an open, an open heart, an open mind, you know, just be ready to come, you know, dive into it. Uh, And also understand that there is a life beyond that trail. And even though it's not going to be that same heightened feeling there are ways to build those connections and a sense of purpose beyond that experience. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I think I'll just stop there. (laughs) I could elaborate, but I'll just stop.
1: (laughs) Uh, Sorry, we're just throwing a lot of advice questions at you. What advice do you have for future outdoor filmmakers?
2: I feel like a great sage at this point. If I was the future I guess. Um, I think, I would say, I mean, a big thing is just don't overthink it. Um, be inspired, but also don't be afraid to do something different and use your own sense of intuition and voice um because those are always i guess the things that stand out yeah yeah
0: nice last advice question i promise this one's for tip top that is still on trail so like what advice would you give to her that is still hiking on what not to take for granted while you're out there
2: Mm. Hmm. What not to take for granted? Uh, Hmm. The first, honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is just like your health, the ability that the fact that your body can is capable of that at that time. I think something I was, you know, something everything, everybody will always say is also just those people you're around. Um, and if oh, it just feels too cliche for me to say because I literally made a film oh God it is the people. Um so I'm trying to think of like something that's not that. Um but yeah, something not to take for granted. Uh I guess a big thing is just um yeah, you're Honestly, I'm trying to think of something, but everything I think of just sounds super cliche of being in the moment, being present, yada, yada, because they're all true. You know, you should, like, you won't be there again. You won't have those conversations again. As much as you think, oh, I'm going to be friends with these people forever um, and the relationships will always stay the same, the reality is they won't, you know, they'll never be like that again. So you've got to really appreciate them for that time for the way they are um at that time um and view it as that you know understanding that it might not continue that way but um as i finished as i completed as i concluded my um year 13 head girl speech which i was reminded of yesterday none of that which will make sense to you uh was another cliche line of um don't cry because it's over. Smile because sorry, I can I cannot take myself seriously. Um, yes. So that—that that is. Those are my. Oops.
1: Love that quote. I love it. Beautiful <laughs> quote. <laughs> um. So, is there any um other trails on your on your horizon? Like, I know that you're having big adventures in 2022, but but do you, um do you want to? Are there any other trails that you want to do?
2: Um, always. I I have the city T maps on on far out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Sophia said. Um, but honestly, I'm like, I need to retire from long trails. That's how I feel right <laughs> now. At this, at my current state of mind, I'm kind of like they take a long time to walk. Um, yeah. So that's there, but it's not, it's not at the forefront of my mind at all. I feel like if I was going to do any trail, um, it would be something I would love to hike in Japan. I think that's mm-hmm. the next thing, you know, I think from hiking to Araroa, I, again, like have this really, it's like deepened understanding of where I grew up and, uh, part of my heritage um but japan is just like this gap in my um cultural understanding and like to a deeper level uh you know whole half of my family are there and i would love that experience yeah of hiking that hiking some trails up there but mainly to just like get that Um, get a deeper level of understanding there. So Mm -hmm. something in Japan, maybe, hopefully. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that. Um, is there anything you want to let the through hiking world know or how people can keep up to date with your adventures?
2: What do I want to let the people know? Um, (laughs) uh, anything and how to keep up to date? Ah. yeah. Honestly, can of um, Yeah, I, you know, don't. I don't know what <laughs> what kind of what what would you say?
1: Uh, just like how they can. Well, how first of all, how they can follow your adventures on YouTube and everything, and then.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's still. I'll still okay. Here's something I can say i I'll still be uploading my Tiara chapters uh yeah this year frequency to be confirmed to be confirmed to be confirmed I've clearly been uh using up all my words um and honestly yeah, stay tuned, please have patience and hopefully i will be out on some more trails elsewhere
1: nice mm-hmm. awesome sweet
0: awesome
1: well thank you so much for coming on yeah really appreciate like taking the time out of your day um it's yeah of course
2: like, thanks for having me thanks for chatting
1: oh yeah, yeah absolutely good luck with the upcoming year and i hope that everything
0: yes fingers crossed goes to plan. we are we are hoping for you <laughs>
2: <laughs> and Same for you guys. I'm super, super excited for you both to walk that beautiful, beautiful trail. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. And rewatching all your videos is making us really, really excited for it. (laughs) 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 Cool. Sweet. All right. Well, we'll talk to you later. Yeah. All right. Good luck with everything.
2: Sounds good. You too. See you.
1: Bye. Did y'all enjoy the conversations with Elena? If you want to follow along with her adventures, head over to her Instagram, which is at Elena S B O R N E. Also go over to her YouTube, which you can find if you search Elena Osborne. If you want to join in on future live chats, you can head over to our Instagram, which is at let's trek together. We go live once a week, usually on Wednesdays at 7.30 PM Eastern standard time. If you want to get in contact with us, feel free to DM us on Instagram or send an email to together at gmail.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you guys gave us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you consume this episode. Until next time, guys,
2: let's trek together.